cadets and captains to a brand spanking new edition of M-Class Podcasts. It's the remix to Ignition. Oh, we can't sing that anymore, it's the can song we? song about pissing. <laughs> trip, trip, trip. <laughs> we can't do that either, because Dave Chappelle's a piece of shit. Yeah, Damn, nothing, all my nobody, heroes. Nothing's good. <laughs> R. Kelly, Dave Chappelle? <laughs> Who's next? Who's left? Bill Cosby? Wait. <laughs> Oh, no. You got where I was going with that. I'm Jeff. <laughs> I'm Josh. And believe it or not, this is a Star Trek review podcast. It yeah. didn't start that way, but somehow it ended up that way. <laughs> this episode didn't start that way. That's what you mean, right? Not that the podcast didn't, like, the in general start, didn't start that way? that way. It was oh, a what? discussion podcast for like half of its time, and now we give a score at the end, so it's technically a review podcast. That allows us to cheat on things, which we never utilize. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> we could put clips. I guess I do that. I do put the commercial in, but I don't well, know. The commercials are a beloved part of the podcast. Are I wouldn't they? know. I've never listened, but I hear... <laughs> All my hard work, Jeff. My hours and hours. I can only of imagine how work. difficult it is to drag and drop. Um, <laughs> drag and drop your ass. Ooh, that you mean sexually or? <laughs> yeah, fifth base, baby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we are uh, smack dab in the middle of Squid Ludwig's Malfunction Junction collection, an episode collection. Uh, all about using transporters and shit going wrong. Last time, our heroes were uh, maliciously dumped in some water. That's so evil. Uh, this time, our heroes are phased so far out of existence that they think they're dead. And well, then almost do die. One of them is like, we're definitely dead because I'm a religious weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Jordy's like, the fuck are you talking about? He really is. He's like, you need to fucking get out of here. I'm He's like, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, today we are talking about TNG season five, episode twenty-four, the next phase. This is a, such a good season, man. There's so many good episodes yeah. this season. I I noticed that every time I open up the TNG file, yeah. <laughs> On um, Paramount, I wouldn't know what to call that. The TNG. Uh, what do you call thing? that? The TNG window. Uh, Fold- when I folder. This is some pop pop ass level shit. I think. <laughs> but um, what do you call it? It's not a channel anymore. No, when um, you open up the TNG page, uh, it's always on season five lately. I think we've just been watching season five every collection. Yeah, that's good. That, let's just watch all season five. Fuck it. Then um, we, well, then we'll have to watch bad shit. Never mind. Somebody did the math at where we would be if we had gone with our first gut instinct and started watching <laughs> oh, God, t- thank from God. the beginning of TOS. Yeah. And if we would have gone through the animated series, we would be on season two of, of TNG. TNG. We'd have some ways to go yet. Um, <laughs> we have all of Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> and DS9. Oh my god. We Voyager. Would, I mean, somebody else did some math. I think V. I'll give V the credit for this this once. Um, 
she did the math, or she quoted somebody who did the math that uh, we'll finish watching every episode of Star Trek when we're in our seventies. Thank God, I'll have something to do when I'm seventy. I think I will be seventy, and you'll be seventy-three or seventy-four. I yeah, I'm not making it to that age. And I was like, you know what? I've set a goal for myself that I'm going to push through the cringy period where I'm in my middle age doing shit online and everyone's like, oh, that's sad. He's like hey, way beyond where he should be. I feel like you're talking about me. Um, not specifically. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to push through that cringy period where like, you know, you're in your like mid to late 40s, yeah. like through your 50s. And then when you become old and you're doing shit online, now mm-hmm. it's cool and novel. And yeah, you're like a, that you're doing stuff online, like Skyrim grandma, right? Yeah, R.I.P. Skyrim grandma. I talked to her once. She was really cool. She is really. She was really cool. <laughs> um, but uh, that's my goal now. I'm just gonna keep making shit online until it becomes novel and cute that I'm doing it. <laughs> That's all, that's all you gotta do, man. You know, just live long enough to become the hero again. I think that's from that yeah. movie. That's Batman from, the Animated from Show. from Spider-Man. <laughs> Harvey Dent says it's a Spider-Man, I think. And he's like, why am I here? What city is this? Um, this episode was written by Ronald D. Moore, and I feel oh. like you should probably know who that is by now. Well, they might, but you don't, because you refuse to watch his greatest work. Star Trek Deep Space Nine? I've seen all of it. <laughs> Touché, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ronald D. Moore uh, was um, a staff writer on TNG, wrote uh, a lot of amazing episodes, including this one, The Bonding, where we got our first um, trill Oh yeah, and he um, looks weird in that one. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of well, the reason why Trill had the spas is because they didn't want uh, Terry Farrell to have to go through makeup. They did. They thought that the little tiny bit of makeup on her on her forehead and nose made her look quote unquote ugly as sin. Oh, and, and they wanted to show how beautiful she was, so they did the spots instead. I think now. Uh, they made it so it's kind of like there's just two different types of trill. Like, oh, did they? Yeah, kind of. You know, they just looked look. Some of them look like that. The other ones have spots. I don't know. W slash E. Whatevs. Um, <laughs> but I mean, my man Ronald D. Moore wrote all good things. The finale of TNG. Like he's he's batting a thousand out here, and unless he isn't, but I'm not gonna look it up. I I would say it's as close to a thousand as you can get. In television, when you're making 26 episodes of a, of a season, that's which is insane now. That's like three seasons of an of a show now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but look, if not four, I think it's important to point out that um, D- Ronald D. Moore joined the staff of Voyager, and then he was like, uh, "I'm out." <laughs> And he got super frustrated with the, quote-unquote, the atmosphere in the Voyager's writer's room and left after writing one episode and co-writing the story for another. As a result of this experience, his relationship with Brandon Braga soured for a time. And then he made the greatest show ever and made Brandon Braga look like a piece of shit, which is not hard. Well, well... 
the thing about Brandon Braga is that he's a great writer, but he his his like preoccupations really fucking come to the surface in his writing, and it yeah. really kind of sours it a little bit. Like if yeah, there's, if there's like an air of horniness in an episode of Star Trek, you can bet your ass who wrote it. Yeah, it's it you you have to be like really talented and famous to like get away with that. Like like uh, Quentin Tarantino, right, with the feet, right? Like oh, yeah. everyone knows. Everybody about the feet. knows about that. But like everyone's sort of like, yeah, but we get like Pulp Fiction out. Of it, True. Right? Like True. <laughs> Um, yeah, but Ronald D. Moore, uh, most famously, his magnum opus, uh, was the, um, uh, head writer and executive in charge of Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Best, it's, best series. It's a I shame he say. never did anything after that, but. Yeah, it's a real shame he never made another good show. That's amazing, and. That he, he's, of Totally course, doesn't exist. He's, of course, like, uh, equally as famous for the reboot of Battlestar Galactica, which is considered one of the greatest science fiction television series of all time. That's where we got, uh, uh, Katie Sackhoff. Sackhoff. I mean, God, man, everybody. It's so good. That show, it's so good. Did you see the, uh, Mandalorian panel with Katie Sackhoff? Uh, no, I saw the show, and why, what did she say? Uh, somebody asked her if Grand Admiral Thrawn was gonna be in season three of Mandalorian, and she just, like, did that thing that, like, cuties do, where they put their hands under their chin and, like, tilt their face into it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm imagining you doing this. Well, because I was doing it while I just said that. (laughs) Can I Google that? Uh... That thing, thing that cuties, cuties do. do, where they put their hand on their chin. They put their hands. They like fold them. Like oh, yeah. under the chin. Yeah, under, under the chin. I, I, and then they. I got it. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a yes, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, there's already like rebels references in the first episode and shit. So I haven't watched the first episode yet. Uh, it's really strange. Like I was. Uh, for the first time ever, I sat and watched and listened to an episode of the Between Episodes podcast they do on how did this get made. Yeah. And there's a segment where Paul Shear and Jason Manzukas just sit around talking about the shit that they watched. <laughs> That's awesome. And over the past, like, uh, two weeks or whatever, and I was like, oh, that'd be a great segment for our show, except I never fucking watch anything, because I'm always drawing. <laughs> Yeah, I go through phases of, like, watching a bunch of shit, and, like, I just finished Discovery, and, uh, let's move on. I <laughs> <laughs> We're not trying to depress our audience again. No, I, I really liked season two, it was yeah, really good. Season two is, like, was such a cut above the rest of that show. Yeah, and, and I think even parts of season do, one. I think it has uh, a lot to do with, like, the the guest writers they had on during that time. Yeah, but also the fact that Pike becomes such a central character, and he's like a TNG character plopped in the middle of a Discovery. Well, he's a Star Trek captain, which is awesome yes. to see. And then season three happens, and then season four happens, and oh, they're it's... doing the last season soon, apparently. Yeah, what are they gonna? Who are they gonna fight this season? Uh, Cthulhu? Oh, that was season four. Never. I mind. bet the Borg show up. Yep. <laughs> I think you might be right. I bet it is. But they're in the far-flung future now, so that's fine. Well, they reference them in season four, and I'm like, well, what, is, what happened there? <laughs> I guess we'll find out. 
like, what? Or we Where'd won't. they go? <laughs> Uh, this episode was directed by David Carson, who directed four episodes of TNG and Deep Space Nine, including DS9's pilot episode, Emissary. Uh, and he also directed Star Trek Generations. Oh, yeah! Wow. Which makes him and Jonathan Frakes the only two people to direct a Star Trek TV show and film production. Oh, and Ronald D. Moore Road Generations. Ronald D. Moore batting as close to a thousand as you can get, right? There's so many good there like going back and watching generations now and like knowing Ronald D Moore's like how he is, how he writes, like mm-hmm. there's so many things where I'm like, "Oh my god, this is so Ronald D Moore." And then I like unzip and just, you know, oh, have at it. Of course. Yeah. I I pay my tribute just as pounding his pud. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that in like a yeah, long Yeah, that's time. a that's a 1980s expression. That's a pop-pop expression. Um Pop-pops do come from the 80s now. (laughs) In addition to Star Trek, uh, Carson directed episodes of L.A. Law, Doogie Howser, M.D. Whoa, two giant shows. Uh, Alien Nation, Beverly Hills 90210, One Tree Hill, and Smallville. Oh my god, hitting that CW up. Of course, like the CW will bring you back a million times if you want. If it. if you can stand, you can direct. That's how they feel. <laughs> Do you know how to stand behind a camera and tell them action? You're you don't it. even need to stand. You can be if you can sit. You can direct. Well, that's what that's what we learned from old George Lucas. <laughs> uh, I think you should do it faster and more intense. The um. The fun fact about George Lucas that you could probably fucking figure out if you saw any behind the scenes shit for more than two seconds, but I heard a nu- um, I heard, uh, oh man, who said David Lynch say it? Yeah, that George Lucas does not like directing. He no, he, he goes as far out of his way as he can to try and make certain that someone else is going to direct the stuff he writes. Yeah, which is smart. That's fine. like you, sh- if you don't want to do it, you shouldn't do it. It's weird that he did it. <laughs> so much well i think when he did the prequels he was like i'll just wake up and go into my backyard and then we'll make the movie because <laughs> it's pretty much what he did right <laughs> there's a great interview uh with david lynch where he's talking about uh george lucas taking him around to skywalker ranch and like showing him what wookies are yeah he wanted to direct uh he wanted him to direct return of the jedi yeah right? yeah and uh, David Lynch being like, I, I don't think I'm the right man for this job. I'll go do <laughs> Dune instead. <laughs> I feel like the only reason he directed Dune was because they just kept throwing money at him until he was finally like, God damn it, fine. <laughs> I love that thing where he freaks out about, he's like, you can't watch a movie on your fucking phone. <laughs> it's like talking about people watching movies on their phone. <laughs> He's All right, character. Calm down, David. I love that guy. <laughs> what the hell? What the hell? What the hell's a Wookiee, George? That's my that's my impression that I do of David Lynch every time. I'm like, you want to hear my perfect David Lynch impression? What the hell? <laughs> Our beloved Enterprise D has to come in uh, to help a Romulan vessel that's uh, crippled in the middle of space. Mm-hmm. And uh, Riker, Jordy, Rolaren, and Worf beam over. Yeah, they send Rolaren for si- for no reason. She is just an ensign of the command division. 
She uh she gets in there though. She's like like knuckle deep in that fucking warp drive. <laughs> I was like, where's this sentence going? Uh, <laughs> but um, Raker and uh, and Row again not getting on well. No, she's she's like uh, turn our phasers off. Sounds like a shitty idea to me, dumbass. Dude, <laughs> dude, and, and he's like, like, what did, what did you, you say? say? Yeah. We fucked in that other timeline, remember? Yeah, there's like this super sexual tension going on. Uh, right? Yeah. That's what this is. And again, it's like, whenever Riker meets anyone who reminds him of himself when he was younger, he just yeah. instantly hates their guts. Yeah, like Shelby and her. And also the Lower Decks kid. <laughs> Boimler? No, the one from the episode Lower Decks. <laughs> he would... He would not like Boimler. <laughs> I think he likes Boimler in the show. They he's on the Titan for a little bit. I think on um on the Lower Decks TV show, Riker is portrayed as a much more laid back guy than he comes across in TNG. He's laid yeah, back he, a lot, but he does have a temper in TNG. Yeah, he gets upset. But in yeah, in, in uh, Lower Decks, he's sort of like a cool uncle Riker. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But unless you remind him of himself, and then he's uh, asshole ball striker. Yeah, then fuck you, yeah. But um, they beam over to the ship, and they find out that the graviton generator needs to be replaced. Oh, man. I love how they're just, like, allowed to touch all this Romulan shit. (laughs) Like, what? I guess the Romulans are like, what fucking choice do we have, right? I guess, yeah. They uh they're gonna beam back to the ship with the damaged part to uh be able to replicate a replacement. Yeah, they should have probably beamed the part first. Yeah, they don't know what that shit is like leaking out or anything. They're they're, just, like, they're very trusting in the transporter technology. I'll say that. <laughs> and the thing about transporters, I thought this was a different episode. Yeah, I thought this was the episode with Thomas Riker. Oh, I thought this was the one with uh, uh, Spider... We did that one, though. Spider Barkley. Yeah, that we did that one. I uh, watch that every day. I don't care. The one, It isn't the one with Barkley where he sees the worms in the transporter, the worms. either. Yeah, that... Yeah. But uh, I thought it was the one with Thomas Riker, and I was going to get to go on my like long fucking tirade about how uh, brain-dead stupid people are who believe that the transporter kills you. Yeah. Like, you have to be the dumbest motherfucker in the fandom to think that. Like, well, you're just, a, you're just a lame, like, like non-imaginative idiot who's watched fucking uh, The Prestige, right? Which well, is a like, great fucking the movie. The Prestige is a great movie, but, like, the thing about Star Trek is that, uh, do you realize how unbelievably stupid it would be for Starfleet to have a technology that they don't understand that they're using yeah. widespread throughout the entirety of their fleet. Yeah, and everybody uses it too, right? Like the Klingons, everyone has a transporter, right? Yeah. So like, like why would everyone just be cool with this? <laughs> like that's that would be like if trains all crashed and fucking killed you and they just hired an actor to play you afterwards <laughs> and everyone still took trains. 
That might be the best analogy I've ever you're, heard. You're so stupid if you believe this. I'm sorry. It's, it's it's just, it's people, man, they read the fucking thing on the internet. It's like, it's the same thing with like, it actually happens in the future, but it's like fantasy and shit. And it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. This, oh, yeah. We've, I've seen this before. We've all done this before. So, except the, your, the barbarian of the future where that's actually true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, like, there's good, like, Adventure Time, right? Fucking great yeah. show. Um, the the Sword of Shannara is that way, isn't yep. it? Yep, Sword of Shannara is that way, yeah. yep. I watched the really bad MTV show of that. Yeah, I did too. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's a book about elves, I think. It's a book about elves, I think. I think. <laughs> uh, anyway... <laughs> Uh, Transporter Chief Brosmer, our favorite character, who we all know, somebody's mom. Is she the computer? I know it's Majel Barrett, but they sound they so do sound similar. very similar. But uh, she can't get them to rematerialize. Their like patterns are in the buffer, or like fucked up. Something's like stopping them from rematerializing, and she tries to send them back, but they never show up. Yeah, this is where I get a little confused. So. How do they end up in the hallway? <laughs> Does the transporter just like pick a spot? Stop asking questions. <laughs> okay, okay. No, uh, you're right. There's, there's like, I guess like the, the like super phasing technology did it to them. Like they were, I think, the only way I can reconcile this if is they that, fell through the floor. Is that this technology sent them flying off in a direction, and it, uh materialize them just enough to not fall through the deck at that point. Well, that's good that they didn't get flung out into any direction into outer space. Though. Yeah, it's wild how you can't go up and down, but you go left and right. I was gonna say, what's the floor made out of? Like, they have the Kitty Pride power, where she can just step on air. Maybe it's like the gravity plating keeps them there. Maybe I'm I'm fan of theorying this into I would making believe sense. That. Yeah, I like the that. yeah, like the deck plating keeps them. It's like a magnetic field, so they can't go through it. Right? I don't know. I'm but a big still, fan of this, the part of the episode where like Rose being chased by the Romulan and they run through all the different rooms and you get to see people just doing dude, the thing. So good for like 1992, right? Yeah. Like, Incredibly good. Especially, like, everybody knows that I, I watch some Japanese uh, superhero shows from time to time. Yeah, I didn't think you were going to finish that with that, but okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to get into anything else. But That's um, on the next Shoot the Shit. The, uh, the, the, there was a, a show called uh, Avataro Sentai Dawn Brothers. <laughs> You making this up now? Uh, that came out, that was out recently. I, I think it's still the one that's out. It's like you know, Super Sentai becomes Power Rangers here. Yeah, but uh, it's the newest series of that, and the CGI <laughs> in that looks like reboot was placed on top of <laughs> the real te- like real footage. So like the fact that this all looks this good in like 1989 1991 whatever this yeah 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 1992 good call i can do math i didn't bother as always i didn't bother uh but uh i'm I'm very impressed with what you could do with a television budget back in those days 
Especially, like, I think this show is, like, firing real hard, right? You know? Oh, yeah. This is one of the most popular shows on television at this point. Like, yeah, Paramount was like, here's money. Yeah. TNG at this point, when it was airing, wasn't just a Star Trek show that nerds watched. Like, yeah, everyone people watched, it. watched TNG. That's how good it is. Um, and, like, <laughs> of course, a lot of people watched it because it was hokey and silly and they could laugh at it, but... Uh, they were wrong. Everybody about watched that. it. <laughs> Man, I used to love Saturday watching it at like two in the afternoon or whenever the rerun was on of it. Oh yeah, I think they it was used like a replay play, of they it. Used to play reruns on TBS like all the fucking time. Uh, they did for DS9, and I used to stay up like in college and watch it. It was on at like four thirty in the morning. <laughs> when <laughs> when uh, I used to watch wrestling. I used to have to sit through whatever came on afterwards, which for a while was La Femme Nikita. Oh, God, that's right. Holy shit. And I don't know if you know USA. this, that show sucks. But yeah, that show does suck. I, I would sit through it because they would play Star Trek afterwards. Oh, I didn't know that. I was always like, fuck this, and I changed the channel. <laughs> but for a, for a little while, it was Thunder in Paradise. Dude, the boat from <laughs> Thunder in Paradise sucks even worse. But I watched it so much. I always get that confused. But there was an ABC show that had Seth Green in it, and they lived in Hawaii. I think it was called Birds of Paradise, and their oh. names were like something Bird or whatever. Right? You know? Okay, that sounds like a failed CBS show to me. <laughs> it was. It was like a you know like an early '90s ABC like like. Shot it in Hawaii, you know, they love Hawaii on that yeah. channel. Well, Thunder in Paradise, for anybody who doesn't know, was a, a yet another vehicle to try and get Hulk Hogan as, into acting. Yeah. Where he acted alongside Guy, and they <laughs> they owned a super boat. It was it was fucking Night Rider, but with a boat. Yeah, well, and the boat, <laughs> and the boat didn't, didn't talk, talk, which yet. made it a hundred times shittier. Like, how many things can you do with a boat? Well, yeah, it was like <laughs> we had the show with the car, we had the show yeah. with the helicopter. Now yeah. we're doing the show with the boat. Now we got the boat, and but like, there's not a whole lot to do with a boat. Boats are just sort of one dimensional, right? Like, I feel like the guy who was on that show with him is more famous than I'm giving him credit for. I don't even know who it is, man. Could it could be it could be anybody. <laughs> uh okay, this dude's name is Chris Lemon. Pretty sure I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> he took the last name of his acting career. <laughs> Suck a lemon, Chris Lemon. Two ex-Navy SEALs work as mercenaries with the help of a high-tech boat. <laughs> They're Navy SEALs. Get fucking real, or not Navy SEALs. In the, in the Navy SEALs, they let you keep your walrus mustache. Uh, by the way, the reason we're tangenting so much is because neither of us has slept, not because this is a bad episode. This is a good episode. No, no, no. Yeah, this is a good one. <laughs> let's, let's actually get back to the episode. I'm going to try to stick to it. Um, uh, the Romulan ship is going to have a warp core breach, and it's like getting. It's like fast, too. They're like, oh, it's at 30 fake knots. It's at 30 fake things. This 
This is... And they're like, oh my god, it's at 500 fake things! Dude, this is so uh, Ronald D. Moore. Like, this is exactly what would happen in, like, Battlestar, right? Like, like fucking Jordy and Roe are dead as far as yeah. they're concerned, right? Absolutely. Like, and then there's, like, some other fucking catastrophe about to well, happen. Yeah, that's a, from what I have seen of Battlestar Galactica, the way it works is they're like, ah, we got away. Uh, no, we didn't. Yeah, there's a little bit of that, but it's like so much better than that. Well, yeah, I'm it's... not, I'm not disparaging. <laughs> no, I know, that's I know. a good way to keep tension up in a show. But, oh yeah, um, and then that and like somebody will just fucking die, and you're like, shit, man, what? <laughs> like the it, George R.R. R. Martin yep. class of writing. Yep. <laughs> Where here you're gonna love this character? Oh, I think that's the Rich Masters class of writing. Now I'm thinking about it. The Masters class of writing. You're gonna love this character. Oh, they're dead. Fuck I you. <laughs> Fucking piece of shit. Check out Rich. Bros Before Pros. <laughs> and I'm in it. Oh, jeez, he's up. Oh God, put him back to sleep. <laughs> All right, I'm going back to my wizard coffin. That only raises more questions. <laughs> that raises further questions. The uh, data and two engineers get sent over in a shuttle, which will prove uh, very necessary later. Yeah. But uh, they're going to eject the warp core manually. So Worf and a Romulan go in, and they work together. A lot of humans, a lot of people working with Romulans here. Federation and Romis working together. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's cool, like it and then until the Romulans are like, yeah, let's kill them. <laughs> and but like, Worf gets to be like fucking super right about this. Absolutely, one. he was like, nah, these dudes are fucked up. Worf is quite <laughs> often pretty right, honestly. <laughs> you know that Worf guy did some okay things. Wow. Remember when he blew up Rise's yeah, weather? Remember controls? when he was a Risean terrorist? <laughs> they were just like, you're good, Go you're home. fine, you're in Starfleet, it's fine. We'll just Jamaharan it out. Let's go. <laughs> uh, as far as we know, Worf only has sex once. So I feel like <laughs> he really just needs to get laid more. Yeah, but he has two dicks, so he has sex twice. That's true. I'm, I gotta <laughs> imagine that female Klingons have two vaginers. Or maybe just one big one. You know, like one that fits two in it. Maybe. Who knows? I feel bad for Bolana Torres's mom if this is the case. We'll have to wait till season five of Discovery to answer this <laughs> burning question. Uh, burning when it pees question. Damn, um, you need to fucking get some cranberry juice. But they they eject the core <laughs> manually, and uh, there's a great scene where they're like, "We got to get the doors shut." And, like, Worf, Riker, and a Romulan are pulling on the doors as hard as they can. And the Data <laughs> walks in, and he's like, Commander? Yeah. And he just walks up, takes him, and goes, Erp! <laughs> No problem whatsoever. I love it. He's like, excuse me, Commander. And he's like, all right. It's all yours, Data. It, and then his pee-pee shrinks a little bit because his manhood <laughs> got challenged by a robot. I find it extremely funny that the strongest guys in TOS and TNG are just, like, the smartest guys. Yeah, it's cool. Um, he's an Iceman. He's an Iceman of the North, which is how I describe myself. <laughs> You're not even from the North. When I talk about being white, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, as an ice man from the north. Yeah, as yeah, from the Caucasus Mountains, the Caucasians. From the yeah. Caucasus. 
the caucus. There's a great <laughs> bit with Cat Williams where he's in prison and his uh, wife brings him his new son. Yeah. And his new son is played by the little white kid that had the flat top in the 90s with the glasses. You remember that kid? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Who is that? Let me Google that. Yeah, Google that too. <laughs> okay, okay. Just, I love throwing out references no one will ever get. It's my favorite. <laughs> white kid from the 90s. With flat top and glass. Yeah, how's that turn out? Uh, Urkel. That's him. <laughs> no, it's like a little white kid is the is the part, point, and he's like, uh, "What are you doing, bringing somebody else's white baby in here?" <laughs> She's like, "I don't know what you're talking about. That is your son." And he's like, I, "He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. They teach you math in here." <laughs> That boy is at least a year old. I've been in here for five years. <laughs> He's like, that is a white child from the mountains of Caucasus. <laughs> I miss Cat Williams, man. He can't, he like got interviewed recently where somebody asked him about like uh, all these comedians who were like uh, coming up against like wokeness and saying you yeah. can't say anything. Yeah. And he was like, you can say whatever the fuck you want. You just got to deal with the consequences of it. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're being a soft motherfucker. If you can't <laughs> deal with people being mad at you for speaking your mind, you shouldn't be speaking your mind. Yeah. yeah. And he said, you know, what we do is a privilege. Being a comedian yeah. for a living, a lot of people don't get to do that. And they want to do it with their whole heart and soul and they don't get to do it. Yeah. And if the cost of making my living that way is that I don't say certain words because people will get pissed off and not want to pay me money anymore. Right. Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. It's a good way to look at it, man. Cat Williams. He's like four foot five he of is. wisdom. He's four foot, four foot five of wisdom. He's like the Yoda of comedy. We are off track. Um... <laughs> I do love that the Riker has them extend the Enterprise's shields around the Romulan vessel, and the explosion of the warp core just kind of rattles the ship because of it. I was like, that's a clever idea. Yeah, it's smart. It's a good Star Trek like workaround. Standard. I figure that's like a standard thing that everyone knows how to do, but I thought it was still really cool. I think they do it a few times, but it's not a trick that comes up typically. Usually you don't want to be anywhere near that fucking no. thing. That shit will blow... Like, blow you the fuck out of the sky and depending on who's writing the episode is how powerful the warp core breach is yeah well i think that's why they didn't make this uh a warbird they made it one of those little yeah whatever because like if the enterprise's warp core goes off no amount of shields is gonna save you <laughs> yeah yeah because it's like matter and antimatter which is yeah. like you're fucked like you can't touch that shit how do you store it? Just magnetically? It just hovers? You just hold it. In a vacuum? You, get, you, you wear those like specialized gloves that have the pads on the inside. <laughs> Steel so tip it doesn't boots. touch your skin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your skin's made out of matter, but those gloves, anti, not made it's out of matter. It's made out of anti-matter. <laughs> it's anti-matter. And the pad on the inside is a mixture. So you... Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is... My invention doesn't seem to be working out anymore. I'm a new engineer. I decided I was an engineer last month. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I might just be a humble dick scientist, but even I know. Like, you throw spaghetti at the wall and you see what sticks. That's what being an engineer is. 
I took the I took the Lil Bolana Torres mail away engineering test. <laughs> University of Space Phoenix. <laughs> that joke works on two different levels. I thought of it the other day because she was in the Delta Quadrant and she yeah. became an engineer for Starfleet there. Yeah. She had to send in the mail in. It took light. <laughs> it took years for it to get there. Uh, Ensign Rowe like, wakes up laying in a corridor, and that's right. Uh, she taps her little communicator, and she says that she's in Section Twenty Three Baker near Sick Bay. Hmm. But nobody answers. And then as she's walking through the hallway, a bunch of people just nonchalantly walk past her, and she's like, "Okay, yeah, uh, rude, but all right." Did she want them to like salute her? High like, five. It's the hallway high five, yeah. Uh, she goes into sick bay and she keeps walking up to people being like, hey, I need help, and they just completely blow her off. And she's like nowhere near as frustrated as I would be in this scenario. Yeah, I'd be like, uh, I was just on an away mission and the ship blew up, so... Like, after the first person ignored me, I'd be like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah, Hello? <laughs> I might try to touch him, even. Yeah. Tap, tap. I might push him. Uh, damn. I might get up in their grill, like, when you get, like, at a club, when a dude gets in your grill, you know? Uh, Google.com, <laughs> at a club, when a dude gets in your grill. Or something. What is a men's grill? Club <laughs> plus resort chef. <laughs> oh my god, man. Autism be damned My boy can work a grill From Facebook <laughs> Why wouldn't he be able to yeah, Why this wouldn't is, he not Work a grill That was a brave new world of Google That I wasn't ready for <laughs> He has autism He can work a fucking grill It's not Alright let's let's continue <laughs> Anyway, Star Trek. She's in sick base. She's trying to get help. And then she um, walks back to Beverly Crusher's little office, which is sometimes there and sometimes not, depending yeah. on how the set is dressed. Exactly. And she hears uh, Picard and Crusher, like, arguing about whether there's anything left to do or not to save them. Yeah. And they're like, look, they could have survived. They could have been beamed somewhere else. And Picard's like, look, we've explored all possibilities off screen. Trust me. <laughs> There's nothing we can do because the story demands it. And Crusher's like, all right, well, I'll have their death certificates ready within the hour. Did did, uh, did Roe have any friends or family? And Picard's like, no. Nah. No one liked even, her. <laughs> even though she's a super hottie with a bad attitude, no nobody one liked, liked her. her. Dude, if I was on that ship, I'd be like, Yo, we hanging out. Here, here lies Ro Laren. She never scored. <laughs> Except for with Riker that one time That's when everyone true. forgot. We don't, we're not talking about that, though. <laughs> but as as uh, Picard leaves, he walks directly through Ro. And she's like, oh, shit. Oh, I'm a ghost. I'm a ghost. <laughs> And was this a Halloween episode? I always ask that. Do you ask that every time there's anything slightly spooky? Uh, yeah, um, this was a Halloween episode. It. it aired May it. 18th, 1992. I know it. May, Halloween, May. Yep. I know Halloween it. in May. <laughs> uh, 
I think it's about time we took a quick commercial break. Yeah. We will be right back after these messages. After these messages. We'll be right back. Sparkling King has been invaded by Alphabets. Please help. Hey, I'm hungry. Yo, want a Whopper? No problem. Just two ninety-nine and a flame broiled Whopper or large sandwich gets you your own Alf. Four different furry aliens. Each comes with his own record. Cause we're doing the mailbag rock. These aliens are friendly, but they're getting out of hand. <laughs> Hurry, just two ninety-nine gets another Alf out of here. We do it like you do it at Burger King. Welcome back, everybody. Hopefully, you've bought that good or service, especially if we actually have a sponsor this time. We'll see. I bought several. I bought a hundred. Nice. Good work. Uh, I, unless that's not how you buy it. It's not in numbers. Then, then I, you bought the a hundred ideas of it. <laughs> anyway. So, welcome back. <laughs> We were so funny on the break. What happened? I don't uh, know. <laughs> we are. I think we're running on like four hours of sleep total here. Probably. Um, yeah. The uh, Enterprise sends a uh, power through a beam to the Romulan ship. Don't fucking ask me. Yeah, why and not? <laughs> sure. But the uh, data find data finds an energy fluctuation and starts investigating. Uh, but he also wants to arrange a memorial service for Jordy, who he admits freely was his best friend. Yeah. Is this when they're on the the shuttle? No. Not yet. Oh, okay. Captain Picard's like, request granted. <laughs> yes, you, yes. <laughs> and uh, back on board the Romulan vessel, Worf walks up to Riker and he's like, the Romulans have requested a computer. <laughs> Can you believe it? We but, use Windows, and they are a Mac race. <laughs> of course the Romulans use Mac. Of course they do. Romulan <laughs> Masters knows about this. <laughs> Rich Romya Masters. <laughs> Damn, I've never seen his ears. He could it's be true. Wrong. That's true. He's like, he's like the kid from the drum head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... Uh, He's like, that's a severe security risk, giving them access to Starfleet technology. For once in the history of Star Trek, a commanding officer agrees with him. Yeah. And doesn't just say, sit down, Wolf. Yeah, and I like this part because Worf thanks him. Like, he's yeah. like, like, you can tell they're friends and they like really like each other, right? Like, he's, he's like, uh,. Riker comes up with the, you know, great idea. We'll give him a computer from 30 or 40 years ago. They're, they already have information about this technology, so right. it won't be a security risk. Right. And uh, <laughs> Replicate a computer from 30 years ago. Yeah, replicate an IBM. <laughs> replicate a fucking gateway. And Worf's like, thank you, and then they fucking like, kiss a little bit. Yeah, it's, then there's two bulges in his pants, and you're like, yeah, we get it. We get the amount of dicks already. Yeah, we know. Stop bringing it up, Star Trek. <laughs> but uh, Jordy, yeah, they're the ones who keep bringing it up. Yeah, I know, right? Jordy uh, woke up with a splitting headache in the Arboretum. And <laughs> when he heads down to engineering, uh, he finds Rolayer and she's like, look, we died. Yeah, and he's like... Bitch, what? <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, hold up. 
She's like, we never, are not dead. I never believed in Boreas before. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's a concept they continue. <laughs> Boreas just hearing about it, man. <laughs> Borea was the Bajoran word for spirit, soul, or ghost. Mm. <laughs> That's it. Because they're because they're from a planet that they have ghosts. I guess they got the Paul wraiths. They're kind of go like demons. Yeah. Uh, we don't ever hear the word Boreas ever again, as far as I know. So that's. Good. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure we don't. Yeah. But Jordy's like, look, we're still alive. I'm fucking out. Like I'm, I'm taking off. You sit here and like cry yourself to sleep about your death. I'm not dead. Peace. Yeah. Out. He's like, I'm gonna go figure this out, and she's like, I'm gonna go talk to people. They don't know I'm here. And he just walks <laughs> through the wall to leave. <laughs> does he do that? He does. That. He walks right through the wall to leave. I mean, fucking, why not, right? Which is like, how? No matter how long. You've been a ghost, and he's been a ghost for literally minutes at this point. <laughs> How do you weird. have the confidence to walk right at a fucking wall and go straight through it? I guess it's better than waiting for somebody to open the door, right? But like, because they they can't activate the door sensor. That's true. <laughs> but you can just walk through the door. But like, what if your situation changes the split exactly. second you're about to touch the wall, and you're exactly. Just like, Bam! And you get fucking Philadelphia experimented into the hall. <laughs> I thought this was the episode with the lady that was sunk into the deck. <laughs> the Philadelphia experiment lady, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Data, Data and uh, another, the replacement chief engineer are investigating. <laughs> chief engineer, someone's aunt. A chief, a chief engineer, uh, mom. What's your real name? It's like Crombulus or something. Crombulus? I said it earlier, but I'm not scrolling up. Yeah, I forget. Um, uh, Roe comes into the captain's ready room, and Riker's like, uh, I'd like to say a few words at the funeral. And we learn that Riker has known LaForge longer than anyone. Yeah. And followers of our Twitter saw that they met in um, the Academy. Where Riker was trying to join the Academy band, and Jory <laughs> LaForge was the band's quote unquote roadie. <laughs> Wait, what? The cover of that book is so fucking great because, like, there's explosions and shit happening. And Jordy, is that a real book? Yeah, it's on our Twitter. I thought it was a fake book. Jordy's like messing with a computer thing, and Riker's like leaping over a wall holding his trombone Trumbo. like a gun. <laughs> what a fu- that's amazing! I need to I need to buy that book. It's I'm a real book. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's like, no, I want to talk about Roe. <clears throat> And she's like, what are you going to say about me? What are you going to say? Yeah, yeah. But uh, Riker leaves, and she uh, talks to Picard, and thanks him for trusting her, and yep. allowing her a second chance to prove herself. And he totally like, just picks his nose, and she's like, okay, I'm going to pretend I didn't see that. <laughs> he's just and then adjusting he fucking, his dick. And he <laughs> fucking eats it. He's like, oh, oh God. God. He's, oh, he's fucking no. Starfleet underwears, am I right? And he's like talking to no one, and she's like, what? Are you talking to me? 
Jordy runs through the hall, the wall again, fearlessly, and she's <laughs> and she's like, oh, I wasn't doing anything. What if there's like a fucking sh- thing in the wall, like a power conduit or something, you just, right? Like your molecules are scattered yeah. to the fucking winds. You're dealing with unknown territory here, right? But Jordy's like, we need to get over that Romulan vessel now, and Rolaren's like, why? We're dead. And he's like, oh, and he rolls his visor. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, he does make a really good point when she's talking about being ghost to begin with. And he's like, so I'm a ghost wearing clothes who's blind. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I don't have all the answers. And I'm like, you don't have any of the answers. Shit, Ensign Rowe. But he's like, look, if we're dead and you're right, then going over here will mean nothing and it doesn't matter. But if I'm right, it'll matter a lot. So let's we'll be alive. Go. Yeah. And this is Mark. where they get in the shuttle with Data and Worf. That's right. And they're like huddled in the back. Like little For kids. no reason, really. <laughs> they're just like kind of like really close to each other. It's a really weird shot. It is. Well, that's something about TNG that I always find really funny is how unbelievably close everybody stands to each other. Yeah. God, we're not building a bigger shuttle set. You better, not, you better not have bad breath, motherfucker. Nobody did in 1992. Well, ironically, I do have a story that contradicts that. Well, ironically, I want to hear it. (laughs) That is ironic. (laughs) Uh, There's a Boy Meets World podcast. You know this, right? Yeah, of course there is. It stars um, Topanga, the older brother Eric, and Sean are the three people who are on the podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. And Topanga talks about, uh, at length in one episode, about the fact that uh, Ben Savage, Corey Matthews, the main character, would have gefilte fish. Oh my god! He would have gefilte fish for breakfast every every time they had a kissing scene so that she would have to kiss his disgusting mouth. (laughs) What the fuck is his problem? Dude... (laughs) Like she said, if I got like to she kiss complained the about I, it. She oh complained about it one time, and he thought it was funny, so he started doing. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Gefilte fish is fucking nasty. Yeah, it's some nasty shit. He would eat bagels and locks as well. Get the fuck out of here, Fred <laughs> Savage's brother Ben. It's really funny that like. I think Fred Savage is Ben Savage's brother Fred because I watched so much Boy Meets World. Oh well, I watched Wonder Years first. I hate Wonder Years. Wonder Years was great until it wasn't, which happens relatively quickly. <laughs> the thing about Wonder Years is I remember the first episode very well. Yeah, because there's this like sort of magical scene at the end where he kisses uh, Winnie. Winnie. Yeah, and it's like very beautiful and magical, uh, but. I hate the Joe Cocker version of A Little Help With My Friends. What would you do with like, a attitude? I guess everybody knows that I, I, like, I'm like I'm like an okay level fan of the Beatles. I wouldn't say I'm like a fucking diehard or anything. You have the Beatles tattooed on your dick. I don't know, like each of them. Well, I've got the beat. There wasn't enough room left. But, uh... <laughs> you didn't want to get... <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> The, um, <laughs> the, uh, I'm kidding, it's huge, but, uh, <laughs> I hate that version of that song, uh, not because it's, like, a remake, but because I 
fucking hate it. It sounds so bad. Joe Cocker is is not something that would happen today. No. Really, T- today's Joe Cocker is uh, Jack Black. <laughs> That's like the equivalent I can think of. But really, like, but I feel like Jack Black makes it work because Jack it's, Black he's is funny. Like a, he's a pretty yeah. good singer as well. But he does yeah, that, yeah. like over the top kind of thing. I can see where yeah. you're coming from. Yeah, but like. <laughs> When he says, like, what would you do if I sang out a tune? I was like, you mean, like, through this whole song, like you're Damn. doing right now? Take so that's why you hate Wonder Years. Uh, I would never watch the show because this theme song would start playing and I'd go, ugh, and change Which the is a worse theme song, that or uh, the Enterprise theme? That. <laughs> wow. The Enterprise theme is a bop. So, <laughs> what would you do if I sang out of tune? What would you do if it's been a long time? <laughs> a long road getting from there to here. Uh, please, no one make that. Um, <laughs> we already gave them all the fodder they need. <laughs> uh, where was I talking about this fucking show? Uh, they're oh, on yeah, the they're, shuttle. They're on the shuttle, and Data asks Worf about what memorial shir- service he should do, and uh, whether he should do the Bajoran death chant, which takes two hours. Yeah, Rose like, please, not the death chant, and then Worf's like, that would be dumb, because it takes two hours, and it is boring as fuck. And he's like, <laughs> I've, like, none of, neither of the types of funerals seem appropriate, and Worf's yeah. like, I'm not the right person to be asking this, because I'm fucking psyched that Jordy's dead. Yeah, he got to die, like, in battle, sort of? He, he died you know in the I mean? line of duty. Yeah, yeah. As, which, as all Klingons wish, it's a joyous time, even he's though every time a Klingon dies, they scream in pain rage. At yeah. the top of their lungs. They're a conflicted people. It's true. <laughs> they have a lot of complex emotions. <laughs> but Not uh, like the Vulcans. No, the Vulcans don't have emotions, except Thank they fucking God. do. Dude, I'd go to Vulcan and I would just like, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> i just sit out in the fucking hot-ass sun, just getting sunburnt. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're sitting in the forge, fucking like just <laughs> in burning the forge. to death. Just trying to find fucking Serac, buddy. Take some drugs about it, you know? Yeah. Take some peyote <laughs> in the desert. That always turns out good. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, back on the Romulan ship, Jordy just, like, shoves his head in a case. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, what's going on? Yeah. Such a fucking cartoon. He's like, the, the central device in the Romulan engine room is a molecular phase inverter which can transform normal matter so it will pass through other matter and energy. Yeah. He'd, he'd heard about Klingons trying to make this technology. He hooked up the... They hooked up the NOS wrong. They're gonna, blow, they're gonna blow their engine up. And Ro is like, so we're... Uh, alive? Alive? <laughs> we're phased? And yeah. he's like, yeah, we're... F-. She says something else, but he's like, no, we're phased. We're Our, cloaked. She's, she's like, we're like, cloaked. We're cloaked? Yeah. And he's like, no, we're phased. We're out of sync with this reality. Yeah, isn't this what the hood was trying to do? Yeah, pretty much. They were trying to fucking... It, yeah, because but with them it was like, well, we're not you making a cloaking device, right? Because it's different. Yeah, we're, we're just breaking the fucking yeah. accords for no reason. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, but we're out of, we're the- out of phase with normal matter and energy, and then uh, Data walks off, 
and two Romulans are just standing there, and they're like, hey, if the Star- if Starfleet stays here a little bit longer, they're going to find out about our phase inverter. Yeah. Let's kill them all. Let's get evil as shit. <laughs> Remember how they just saved all of our lives a few minutes ago? Let's fucking kill them all. And the science officer's like, yeah. <laughs> he does like a mustache twirl. You, you know how their ship has men, women, and children on it? <laughs> all civilians? Let's kill yeah, them man. all. Well, if they don't do it, like, they're going to go back to Romulus, and their Romulans, like, the Tal Shiar is going to fucking lock them away, dude. Jordy's like, uh, we gotta find a way to get back to normal so we could warn them about that Romulan trap. Yeah, yelling at them isn't gonna work. And then there's a really great scene where they turn around and leave the bridge, and one of the Romulans that was just set dressing, sitting in the yeah. foreground, slowly stands up. Like, his eyes trail yeah. after them as they leave, and then he stands up and walks through the console to find them. Dude, so good. That right? is such a great fucking reveal. It's so smart. It's so good. Uh, Brosmer is the t- transporter chief's name. Yeah, Crom- Crombly. Crombly. <laughs> Anti-Crombly. Anti-Brosmer. Chicago party ant. The <laughs> Data and Bros- Brosmer are scanning for chronoton fields using anions to eliminate them. These are all such real things. LaForge realizes that they're the ones that are leaving the chronoton particles behind them because they're showing up in the rooms where LaForge and Roe. Yeah, they're before. yeah, they're like, oh, there's the captain's ready room and the bridge and engineering, and they're like, what the fuck? None of these have anything to do with each other. And Jordy's like, nah, that's where we were. That's where I started sticking my peener and stuff to see if it would fit, <laughs> to see if it could go through, just for yeah, fun. You know, I was hoping I could feel it. Um, you know, for a ghost, fuck it. <laughs> Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, This is a good show. Um, But while while Data is doing the Andeon sweeps, he touches Jordy's hand, and it, like, hurts him. He's like, what the fuck? Yeah. But then he can't push his hand as easily through matter anymore. There's, like, resistance. Nice. And he's like, oh shit, like, Andeon particles are the re- are the way that we can get phased back to normal. Yeah, because it's, it's doing it. I mean, that makes sense. It's clever, right? It's clever writing. And then he starts yelling at Data as hard as he can, like, that's going to help. I love when he's just... Why doesn't he do a pattern in the table, right? Like, why doesn't he, like... He just goes in a circle, yeah, like, I don't do know. Do a pattern or something. I don't know. And like even as even a circle is pattern enough that data should have been like, huh, something's causing this. You do SOS, so you go at ch 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 and then you go uh, uh, next to it ch 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 like that. He yeah. would know what that is. That's true. He could have figured that out easily. He figures out the pip in that fucking time loop episode like Jesus. Uh Roe is uh following around the transporter chief. Uh, not doing much, but then a Romulan fucking jumps out like, bleh, with a phaser. <laughs> I love how he has the, the phaser is the funniest part of this whole episode. It's It becomes such a, an amazing prop. It does. <laughs> See, he was like, pointing the phaser at her, and he's like, yes, this has been phased, the disruptor. And he's like, this has been yeah. phased along with us. Now yeah. get moving. 
I guess it would. It'd have to be, right, if he's holding it. And Ro has this great plan where she walks through a wall. Pretty smart. And then when he walks through, she just fucking knocks him down. Dude, she's thinking, like, four-dimensionally at this point. (laughs) Use your superpower. (laughs) Yeah, go through the wall, kick him in the stomach, and then, I don't know. And then... (laughs) Then a Tom and Jerry-ass chase happens. Dude, they go through one door, they come out the door, don't cross from it, they go into another door. Full Scooby-Doo style. (laughs) She's, like, running, and like I said, I love the scenes of them running through people's quarters. Like, one guy is doing push-ups. Oh, he's fucking getting jacked. He is getting jacked. He's serious. a couple having, like, spaghetti together. There's a naked, half-naked lady. Of course. <laughs> it's very, it reminds me of, like, uh, I don't know, like, Animal House-ish, sort of. What it you know reminded what I mean? me of was uh, Ferris Bueller running through people's yes. houses and backyards. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it smells good. What are you having? Yeah. Uh, but eventually, Ro gets shot with a disruptor, and... A fist fight starts, and then Jordy makes his way on down. And during this entire scene of Jordy heading down, all I can think about is like, this fist fight is going on a long time. <laughs> Dude, it's it'd be hard to beat up a Romulan, I would think. And uh, the, the thing about Romulans that I always find really interesting is like they talk about how similar the like insides are, the makeup of yeah. a Romulan and a Vulcan, but Romulans have lost their super strength. Oh, what the hell? Like, the Romulans are not three times stronger than the average human. Why? I'm guessing Romulus has way less gravity. Oh, it's just different, yeah, maybe. Uh, Vulcan. Or maybe some kind of nebula. There's always some fucking nebula that changes <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah, they went through a nebula and it robbed them of their the, swoleness. The Mutara Nebula changed them into a weak race. That sounded bad. Yeah, well, we won't won't tread further into that. You want to edit that part out? (laughs) We'll leave that one in. Um, But, like, Jordy, like, Data opens the door to have a conversation with the couple that are having spaghetti. And uh, Jordy sees Rose still fist fighting the Romulan. Yeah. And uh, Jordy runs in and, like, shoulder tackles the Romulan, and he just flips out into space forever. <laughs> it's fucking it's fucking horrible, it's but it's horrifying. so funny. It's so funny, like, This man. dude is he- going head over hills through space for at the- least three days before he dies of dehydration. Yeah, it's going to be bad. Like, it's going to... Yeah, because I guess they don't need to breathe. I, or... Who knows, man? Well, he's, it wouldn't work. Well, it wouldn't, he's breathing out of phase wouldn't work. with existence. Yeah. So, do they need to breathe? Do do oxygen molecules exist out of the phase? I don't no, know. No, they they. I mean, I would say they don't. Like like, but how are they? I guess they don't need to. I who knows, man. I don't know. This now we're getting into like the now we're nitpicking. Yeah, yeah. How how would this work? Yeah. It's a good question, but uh, one that you shouldn't be asking while watching this. <laughs> Don't worry about it. They disconnect the power transfer beam, not knowing that it's been uh, shot up with muons, which are not cow aliens. <laughs> Is that like a subatomic particle? I think yeah, those are real. I think so. But yeah. I'm not entirely sure they're explosive, but what do I know? Yeah, well, I don't think we know now, But right? it's really funny because Picard's like, all right, bring us to warp, and Ro and Jordy go, no! no! 
<laughs> but the transporter chief is like, the decontamination's still going on, so you shouldn't use any major systems. And they're both like, whoo. <laughs> they anime yell, a big cross goes on their head. No! Yeah. But uh, Jordy has figured out that they need to be hit with a very large anion field. Uh, How are we going to do that? Ugh. And someone will be look, need to be looking right at them because they'll only be able to be uh, apparated for a millisecond. Yeah, they, they're pretty clever about this. They're like, we need to go somewhere with lots of people. And then they're like, all right, time to go to the memorial service and 10 forward. And they're like, oh, perfect. Yeah. I mean, they could just go by the chief engineer station and put their hand in front of her face. I guess so. But I guess this is way more no... satisfying narratively. Yeah, this is also the best scene in the whole show. They go they go to Tin Ford and they're having a fucking like jazz New Orleans. The New yeah. Orleans jazz funeral. They have those dudes who do the casket march coming. <laughs> I'm doing the march right now. And Jordy's like psyched. This is awesome. Yeah. That's how I would like... mine to be. Yeah, Rose's like, what the fuck? They're celebrating. Everybody's exciting. <laughs> we, excited we died. Classic Bajoran, man. But the idea is they're <laughs> going to shoot the disruptor around. It's pretty smart. In order to, like, super hype up the negative whatever the fuck. Muons. <laughs> no, muons are cow aliens. G- Gravimatrons. That's good. <laughs> um... Crombly units. <laughs> Crombly calls in and is like, oh, there's a big field forming in 10 forward, and they increase the field strength, but it doesn't work enough. And then. And it hurts them a little bit, yeah. They need but to... I love I love when Rose just shooting the disruptor at shit. Like she's like, pew, yeah, the pew, funniest one is when pew. she's like, Riker, I guess I'll never know what you were going to say about yeah. me. And then she, she shoots, she shoots him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Uh, but we learn that the Enterprise will need to get going soon to Gradius gr- for not Gradius the arcade shooter, but they're go going Gradius. <laughs> they're going to Gradius. That's gonna be a. That's not gonna be good. No, that's they should have made a Gradius knockoff where you play as the Enterprise. You go. I bet you they could find something like that. Uh, but like. They, they're going to leave soon, and there's no telling that if the ship moves, they'll not they'll go with it. Right. So they Like, turn, they could just zoop out of the wall. <laughs> that would suck. They turn the disruptor onto overload, and when it explodes, it contaminates it so bad that, like... Crombly's like, there's 6,000% more Crombly units in here. And then she uses the gluons, <laughs> the andions, and like they see like ghosts, yeah, of Jordy uh, and Roe, and they're like, "What?" I love that it's Data. I love that it's Data who sees it and Picard. Yeah, because it's like you get one human who's like, "Well, those definitely aren't ghosts, right?" And Data's yeah. like, mm. and you, you can see like his like fucking spinning like thinking wheel going Fucking, you know? like turning yeah. hourglass going yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah. but and, uh, yeah Jordy's like put it together data you know and they <laughs> data calls for anions to flood at the highest settings and 
uh, Jory and Roe reappeared, everybody's like, oh, what the What fuck? a fucking entrance to your own ass yeah. funeral, man. Some fucking Yo. Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn shit. <laughs> and then Tom, Mark Twain shows up and he's like, I knew it. I'm the one who wrote this. I knew this was going to happen, and I gave up cigars. Lady Guinan. <laughs> Lady Guinan hit it. And then they play, like, fucking Rapper's Delight or something. They, play, they fucking play some sister act music. <laughs> but, um... Dude, Jordy is on fire. He yeah. He is so charming in this scene he really is he's but like it's really great he like taps his combat badge and he's like take the warp engines offline and the ensign's like captain who is that yeah who the hell just said that he's like that's lieutenant commander jordy laforge your superior you take his orders and run with them yeah he's not a ghost <laughs> laforge is like well with that out of the way I, it seems like a great party. And then yeah, everyone's like, like ah! Dude. <laughs> fucking people start just like twerking against his corporeal yeah. dick, dude. <laughs> and then it does devolve into an orgy. But it does <laughs> b- slowly black out before. But you do get to see some tits and ass before. You get to see the triple really. tit, girl. She's still there. <laughs> but uh, Jordy is like eating a ton and uh yeah. forward because he's like i find i'm corporeal again time to get some corporeal ass food he's like 17 ice cream sundaes oh delicious <laughs> Roe says that she has a new appreciation for her culture's religious beliefs that she once dismissed and jordy's like wow Maybe we should make our own interface device if it can teach Ensign Roe humility. Damn, it seems what like a, it can do anything. What a fucking burn! And it's such a good burn that even she laughs her ass off at it. Yeah, yeah, she's she's a great character, man. She is. I see why they wanted to spin her off into her own show. Yeah, I, I wish she would have done it, but I mean, I guess I can't. I really mean, there'd feel be that no way. Kira. I know if they would have done that. But she is so good, though. She is really good. It's sad that like after she becomes a Maquis, we never see her again. Uh... <laughs> we see her as Admiral. What's her name in Battlestar Galactica? She's evil as shit. Oh yeah, yeah. She's on uh one of the, they find another ship, and she's the admiral. So she's like outranks like Captain uh, what's his name? <laughs> Captain Ca- the Captain guy. Uh, Armada Captain Ar fuck shit Adama got it Adama oh I, I didn't so know you were talking about Armas uh, Battlestar still <laughs> yeah she she outranks him so she's like we're doing things my way but she's like a fucking fascist and we're doing so. things the stupid way yep, yep exactly we tried things your way now let's do it the fucking dumb way <laughs> dumb way yep <laughs> um uh, John Larroquette fun fact of the week. This was intended to be a cost-cutting bottle episode, but it's it ended up episode. being one of the most expensive episodes of the season because of all the special effects. Well, they had to make a real interphasic converter. It's to- true. It was very expensive. Several billion dollars. Yeah, it took it took like 50 years to make. 
Directed da- director David Carson recalled, this was an extremely difficult episode to do because it dealt with special effects of a type that people were familiar with from the movie Ghost, mm-hmm. which Star Trek had never attempted before. It was one of the most difficult technical episodes they'd ever done just by the nature of having people walk through people in an environment where people exist in different phases. Yeah. Well, you gotta uh, keep Forbes. the camera still. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Forbes and LeVar Burton spent two days filming the necessary blue screen sequences, which required many takes. And that's two full, like, 12-hour shooting days. Can you imagine, like, doing that back then? And now it's like, that's what you do, like, all the time. <laughs> like, they were, yeah, like, no pioneers, doubt. man. That's, like, really cool. The first uh, jazz song that they're playing at the funeral service is Down by the Riverside, which is mm-hmm. like a uh, a standard like New Orleans funeral song. Yeah. And the second that they start playing after Jordy and Roe are alive is When the Saints Go Marching In. Yeah. Because the Saints are back. They're marching in from the uh, Ammonatron field. <laughs> Ammonium field. The amniotic fluid built. <laughs> the amniotic... Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Narsty. Narsty, bruh. Well, bras, we'll be right back after <laughs> these messages. Now, Tex Hex attacks with a new kind of evil. Brave Star. Skullwalker 3030 Brave Star and Tex Hex Zone 7. 3030 can stand up to your evil Tex Hex. I'll transform Skullwalker and attack from the air. Use your blaster cannon to stop him, 3030. <laughs> You're grounded, Tex Hex. I'll get you for this. Skullwalker and 3030 from the world of Brave Star. Other action figures sold separately. New from Brave Star. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Part three of the show. <laughs> oh, fuck. This is the part of the show where we get serious for a minute. Yeah, it's for, for real. Except we don't. But we do wheel out our patent pending or patented, depending on uh, how much you're willing to suspend disbelief. I mean, we just watched a show about ghosts who are on a ship. <laughs> Space so. ghosts, one would call them. Space ghosts, coast to coast. But uh, we we are going to wheel out the patented Cochrane to Catfish warp scale of quality. Yeah, I don't know why we have it on a like a wheelie thing. <laughs> it would work as like a JPEG. <laughs> I very much imagine it as like th- like a giant board, like the kinds they wheel out on The Price is Right. Yeah. Like a big game board. Yeah, but it would be, I guess it would have, like, two, like, it'd have, like, our faces on it, like, right, and then the scale Mm -hmm. next to it, and then we'd have little magnets that we could, like, move. I'm really thinking about this You're really putting it together here. This is, uh, we need to put this into the expense budget of the LLC we don't have. Yeah, definitely. That's going to cost us about five grand, so we don't have to pay taxes. I mean, what? Well, let's not talk about that. (laughs) Shifty eyes. Um, Shifty eyes. Cute uh, girl under hands thing. (laughs) (laughs) Look, that was a good description, goddammit. No, I knew knew what you were getting at then. It really was. Eventually, you know. 
But uh, <laughs> the uh, the way the Cochrane to Catfish warp scale of quality works, if you've never watched the sh- listen to the show before, keep forgetting we're not on TV. Yeah. Uh, a Catfish is a 10 out of 10 episode, even though it is a reference to one of the worst episodes of Star Trek in history. Yeah. A Cochrane is a uh, zero out of ten, mm. even though it's referencing well, the father of warp travel for humanity and the reason why the Federation exists. He has a statue in Bozeman, Montana. He was a drunk man. He liked that song, uh, I believe it was called Shooby Dooby. <laughs> it was a big fan of... Uh, Magic What's his Harper name? Ride. What, yeah, oh yeah. What, dude, I love in STO when you do uh, Federation Day and they play that when you shoot up your toy rocket. It's like playing the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine going, <laughs> watching the Niners play and then they play fucking Magic Carpet? <laughs> dude, be better than a fucking stupid national anthem. I'd be fully down for that. Take my hat yeah. off and put it over my heart for that. God oh, yeah. damn, Steppenwolf gets me every time. <laughs> Uh, I know the warp scale is entirely busted and backward, but just deal with it. Josh, yeah, what are you yeah. giving TNG the next phase? Uh, I'm going to give it a 7.5, which feels kind of low, but it, again, it's TNG. I, I would go 8. I would go as high as 8. This is a good episode. I forgot how good it is. I think it was about to be the only time we've been a point apart until you, you change you give it. it a, you're giving it a six. <laughs> I'm giving it an eight point five. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. This episode is so incredibly tight. This could be yeah. an episode that I would show someone to explain to them about what's so great about Star Trek. Yeah, it isn't I, like some people don't want to watch their first thing to be as heavy-handed as something like uh, the Drumhead or, or Darmok. Measure of a Man, Darmok. Those are all episodes that yeah. are much heavier and more dense. This episode is is a lighter episode but it's so perfectly written yeah and it has so I, much I was, heart behind it as well i agree and i, I want to explain the 7.5 because this is season five of tng and oh, there yeah, are like some curve. yeah there's some bangers in this season man and like this is a this is uh, like a really good episode, I feel like gets lost in all that a little bit. I think so too. I think so too. And that might be. Why but I'll I'm, go eight. I'm inflating the score a little bit because yeah, I'll go I eight. feel like this is kind of an overlooked gem. Yeah, I, I forgot how really good the effects are and how really good that se- that scene is where the Romulan stands up. It's yeah, so that good. Scene like, is that's incredible. So good. And also an incredible scene is there's this like incredibly sort of like emotional moment where everyone is like welcoming Jordy and Robach and yeah. the camera pans over to Data who's watching it happen and yeah. he, he can't he can't really show his emotions but he's like moving in this kind of strange way that shows how affected by all of this he is. Yeah and there's a scene Jordy walks over to him and they like have their little exchange that is such like a heart growing moment. Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene too earlier when Roe is like He's almost human, isn't he, right? Because yeah. he, he's talking about, you know, how he was Jordy's best friend. And it's like, he you can see, like you said, like his heart grew three times that yeah, day. Absolutely. Right? And then he opens his about... chest and there's a telephone in it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the 
the that moment is when he's like he explains friendship where Jordy accepted him for who he was and, yeah. and celebrated that. And as he learned, that's what true friendship is. True understanding between two people. Yeah. And that's beautiful. We need yeah. more of that shit in the world. You did that with me because I'm a robot who's horrible. You're not I was like a, a robot. Evil. I Maybe a lore. Prove it. <laughs> you got the emotion chip and went nuts. <laughs> I'm gonna start making Borg do shit for me. I'm the Borg. Oh my lord, Borg. <laughs> Blorg. I'm the Borg Lord. The Blorg. Man, imagine if the Queen would have got her hands on lore. That dude would have been like all in, man. Yeah, he there would be no resistance. Resistance yeah. wouldn't be futile because he wouldn't He'd even be bother. Like, I get to bang this spineless chick. Well, she's all spine, baby. <laughs> well, she takes her spine out, and then he just bangs like her husk. Ugh. And she just watches and tells him what to do. Nasty. <laughs> it's a good relationship. You gotta have communication. I guess. What about the torso? Does it not get to communicate in this? Uh, yeah, it can communicate. It's her. It's still her. Nasty. <laughs> I'm not trying to fuck the Borg Queen anyway. Look. I ain't saying no. <laughs> I think that's firmly on M-Class record that you would be damned. <laughs> I don't really find her that scary. <laughs> she's not scary. No, no. I mean, she she's a little sweaty. She but... doesn't do anything for my two peeners. I mean, they do keep their fucking ships at like 98.7 degrees or whatever. 98.7, the beat. Which doesn't make any sense, because they're fucking machines, part of them. So they, wouldn't it be cold? Every now and then, I do it a lot more on bros, but every now and then I do it on this show, where I make a direct reference to some West Virginia shit that no one is going to understand. <laughs> I figured that uh, that was what it was. When I go to up to Connecticut, they have uh, a Hartford. <laughs> I think it's like 102.1, The Whale. <laughs> the Whale. WHL or whatever it is. WQBE, the Jackrabbit. I got that back in West Virginia, too. What the fuck? What do they play on that? Country. Of course. Dude, when I was working at, uh, I guess I won't say the name of the business here, in... uh, I know know what it is. In Ohio, I I drove from Huntington, West Virginia, to uh, a place before Ironton, Ohio. So I had like a 40-minute drive or something. And yeah. there was a radio station that played, like, all new indie music all the time. Yeah. Indie rock, indie rap, indie, like, alternative and folk, everything. That's cool. And it was the coolest fucking station, and I found so many different types of music. That's the first time I ever heard Chromio was on that channel. Yeah. And then the channel folded. About a the janitors th- took over three fourths of the way through my, this job. I didn't know it was three fourths of the way. I just thought it was over. The channel was like kept saying like, and you know, we've run out of funds. Like we're like a listener funded station, and there's no way we can make it up. Uh, so we're gonna close down. And I was like, fuck. And I like I bought um, a beanie and a scarf from them to like help cool. the thing out and everything. But, like, 
they folded and they're like, we don't really know what channel will be taking over for us on the station. So, and then you were like, I know. (laughs) Yeah, it was country. Yeah, of course it was. It was the fifth country music station. Oh my god, dude! There's two, only two here, and that's like one too many. There were like five or six, in in that you could get in West Virginia, and then there was the uh, classic rock 102.7. Yeah, I can't even do that anymore, man. And, and then, like then there was ugh. um there was the rap station which was 98.7 the beat. Yeah, we have that too. And that station ruled. <laughs> yeah, that's what I listen to if I have to I mean I don't listen to the radio ever, but yeah, I, I listen to like when I'm in uh Crystal's car cuz of course my car is like a hunk of junk that doesn't run now. So I'm never in it. Yeah. When I'm in her car, like you can uh, play your own like your music from your phone through it. So yeah, I do, I do Spotify. I just pay for. Yeah, the I do Spotify movie. as well. Yeah, but when I was in my own car, I listened exclusively to the Spanish station here. That's cool. And that's where I found out about Dua Lipa. Actually, dude, I thought Dua I, Lipa was like just a Spanish artist until I saw how yeah. huge she was getting in America too. Oh I was yeah. Like, oh okay. Dude, I love when it's like starting to get warm out and like like my neighbors all start cranking that Spanish like like reggae tone music oh, and I'm yeah. like, Hell yeah, yeah let's go. Time <laughs> Summertime, for spring, baby. Bitch. Yeah, dude. It just has like a just it has like a feel to it, but I'm like, it just feels good. I don't know. I was in, <laughs> I was walking through town uh trying to find the comic shop a couple like a month or two ago at this point, so it's pretty cold. And a bar was having an outdoor day, and everybody was, like, sitting nice. outside in their coats and shit, smoking and eating and drinking. Uh, but they were just blaring fucking butt rock out of, out oh of like, a hundred speakers, so you could hear it all the way across the table. <laughs> <laughs> fucking pour some sugar on me. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Bar music. Like I was That's like eight called. blocks away when I found the the comic book shop, and I could still kind of hear it. Dude, that's enough. We're good. Also, we- like, <laughs> I don't know. As, every time I go to a comic book shop, there is either uh, a dude who's way older than me who's glaring at me the entire time I'm in the comic shop. Who owns it, or who's just there? Who's working there? Or okay, owns yeah. It. Or yeah. there is a there is a woman who is much younger than me glaring at me the entire time I'm there. For what the hell? The what what are you doing? Are you I, a shop? I am the most friendly fucking person, and I keep to myself ninety nine percent of the time. I come in and they're like, "Welcome," and I'm like, "Hey, thanks." And then Dude, I just you look know around. What you need this is in no way an insult. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be an insult for some reason. Man, you gotta get yourself some Zoloft, buddy. You don't give a fuck, any I, dude. My, I don't care. You know what? Maybe it's uh, the, my age, but I don't even Could care be. anymore. Well, the thing I is, like, it doesn't deter me from taking my time and looking around. And no, doing but I like, I know what you're saying. Like, you do notice it, and then the yeah, thing no. that I. I, I couldn't help but notice with this place, like, I'm not going to name the place, but there is one fucking comic shop in Bel Air, so. But, like, I was That's walking around. Will Smith's Fresh Prince comic shop. I wish. <laughs> Will would know how to treat a customer. Yeah, he'd as long slap as I didn't though. say certain words. <laughs> but, um. 
the 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 like place was probably like I don't even know. It was so small. It was like two little rooms, and it was jam fucking packed. And they had displays that were as tall as I was everywhere. So this lady followed me around the store. And she would what just the fuck, man? she would stand near something and just glare at me the whole what time. What the fuck, dude? Like I guess she thought I was gonna steal something. Why? I don't know. I'm extremely like describable to the cops. Six foot three with a big beard with a ton of gray in it and a shaved head and glasses. Like they're gonna find yeah, wh- me. Why would you steal I don't get that, but alright. Yeah, I go and to like one I in Doyle stuff as well. And when she was checking me out, she was extremely like terse with me. And like, what the I fuck, get man? working in a comic shop as a woman has got to be a hellscape. Oh, it's got to be horrible. I don't yeah. understand. But like, it's got to be horrible anyway. I didn't interact right? with her whatsoever until I checked. I said hello, and then I looked. I looked around, and then I checked out, and I barely said anything the whole time. Man, you got fucking. Something's going on. What's going on with you? With me? <laughs> what's, what's, what are you doing? What are you this walking into these fault? places? <laughs> Actually, most of the comic shops I've been to have been like extremely nice to me. For the yeah, most that's part. how the one I go to is. And like, I never go a lot, because it's, it's not a good idea for me to go. Like The last time I went to a comic and gaming shop when I was in West Virginia, like they were like straight up like, Hey, you want to work here? That's awesome. Because we were just having this long-ass conversation about Marvel Comics the whole time I was there. Yeah, you knew your shit, right? Yeah. And they were like, hey, you want to work here? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I sure as hell don't. I'm yeah. moving soon, for one, but uh, for two, no. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Because yeah. it was mostly like a Magic the Gathering place. They had like Yeah, that's what they are tables. now. Because that's like yeah, I- super lucrative. Dude. I used to go to uh, the comic shop in Doylestown after work, and it was like five thirty-six, right? And every time I would go, it was fucking magic night. It was like th- every Thursday, right? Oh yeah. And like, there you couldn't even walk around in there. It's like there's so many tables playing magic, dude. <laughs> yeah, their magic night was Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! And they ran different yeah. tournaments for each day. Oh, they had like different decks and stuff, and it different was it was wild. Games. But cool. like the the one where the owner like glared at me, like I went in the first time, and like the owner looked like if Neil Gaiman and Alan Moore fucking fusion danced. <laughs> like he looked like some weird combination of the two of them. He was an actual wizard, probably. But like he like he had owned that store for like. 40 years or something, him and his wife. Because yeah. they are in uh, the comic book and they show up in the movie played by actors, American Splendor. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, fucking um, Harvey... Shit. I remembered American Splendor, but not who it's about. <laughs> Harvey Dent. No, Harvey Picar, The yeah. comic book artist. Mm-hmm. And like the indie comic book artist, like he uh, he was friends with them and stayed in the apartment over that comic shop for a That's while cool. during his life in West Virginia, and um, so he they're in that movie played by actors, and like 
I didn't know that at the time or anything. So yeah. the fact that he was carrying himself with this extremely important air was very strange to me. Of, yeah. When he yeah. was in a hole in the wall comic shop in Huntington, West Virginia. And it's so weird, man. People but, are like, so fucking weird. When I first met him, he was like very much like this guy doesn't know fucking comics. And he like kind of like, quizzed oh. me a little bit because I I saw he had Blue Beetle number one, the Charlton Comics Blue Beetle. Yeah. And I was like, wow, damn, you got number one. How much is that? And he was like, oh, it's it's uh seventy dollars. And I was like, yeah. wow, yeah, I'm gonna have to save up for that one. And he was like, you know who Blue Beetle is? <laughs> like, and he was like, he was like, you... who 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 published Blue Beetle? And I was like, it says it right there, Charlton Comics. He's like, yeah, yeah, but who bought it? And I was like, DC Comics. Yeah. And he was like, oh, well, who created him? I was like, Steve Ditko. Jesus he, Christ, He's like, man. well, all right, who else did Steve Ditko create? And I was like, Spider-Man. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I guess you know your shit. Man, it's like every like bad like stereotype yeah. about comic stars. And he man. was still kind of rude to me the whole time I was checking out. The second time I came back, I came back with my friend Brandon, and uh, I, I'm not sure Crystal and I had started dating yet. And yeah. I brought her in, and bringing her in set him off for some reason. Like he was unbelievably rude to us. What the fuck, man? And I, the whole time I was thinking, like, your wife co-owns this store. How are you being a sexist right now? Is that what it was? Like, cause that's so strange to me. Like, what? Who? Who gives a fuck about? that like who, was, seriously who cares like his wife co-owns the store and she's always been, she was always super nice to me when i bought comics there and she knew her shit just as much as he did so why yeah, are you being sometimes, sexist now yeah sometimes that happened like when i my mechanic is like that like he like is really nice he wasn't always but he's like really super nice to me now but his wife is like really mean to me and i'm like yeah. i don't know what the fuck is happening right now i, right? I had a similar like, experience with the guy that fixed our lawnmower where he yeah. was the nicest, most, like, amicable guy. And, like, when he found out I liked Star Trek, we, like, started talking about TOS a bunch. Yeah. And, like, start and like the moon landing and, like, uh, how... How was, how was fake? No. I thought that's where it was going for a second. Like, yeah. Thankfully. He was that's a guy... Good. That's uh, good. I watched the... Because he was kind of older. He was like, yeah, like, I watched the moon landing when I was, like, a little tiny kid. It was, like, crazy. My, my grandparents took photographs of the television yeah he was like he was talking about that as well like we had no other way to document yeah. it so we sat in front of the tv my whole family and took a photo of it it's yeah it's super glary and it looks yeah. real shitty because you can't do the television's not with the were, tube tv yeah. baby yeah. <laughs> yeah but like we were just talking about all this stuff and we had like a pretty good time talking and like he uh he found like I told him what I do for a living and everything, and he was absolutely non-judgmental, which is extremely. Oh my rare. god, that's so nice! It is extremely rare for me to tell, uh, like, a blue-collar worker that I'm an artist, and them not immediately to start shit on me. Yeah, yeah. I like know. he was, he was I like, know. oh yeah, that's good. That's a great job to get if you can get it. And I was like, yeah, it is. He was like, yeah, I did a little doodling around when I was a younger man. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, this guy's rule. I love this pop up. He had a generator <laughs> from Generac Generators, and if you have, uh, by the way, if you have a generator from Generac that was made from two thousand and 
2016 onwards or 2017 onwards. Yeah, is it free fixing? Uh, no, no. I had the logo that's on that. I made that. Oh, like they lost. That's awesome. They lost the original files to their logo, so I had to remake it from scratch. That's cool. Because they had a contract with the company that I worked for. So I remade their logo from scratch, and they That's used awesome. it to print on everything since then. So I pointed that out, and he was like, oh, wow. And nice. Then the second time when I came back to pick up the lawnmower, we were sort of bullshitting, and his wife came out, and I've never been treated more harshly or rude in my entire life. What the fuck, man? I, dude, I she don't was know. straight up like, where are you keeping that lawnmower? That's the first thing she said to me. <laughs> And I was like, what? Uh, and she's like, where are you storing the lawnmower? And I was like, well, it's not my lawnmower. Like, it's the landlord's. And she's like, I didn't ask that. Yeah, but that uh, that also means I don't store it. I was like, okay, it. it's, yeah. it's stored under the um, the back deck. Like, the it's not a deck. It's like a tiny little porch. But, like, it's stored under yeah. the back deck. And she's like, it's got a tarp on it. And I was like, well, the landlord never gave us a tarp or anything. Like, water doesn't get down there. And she's like, bullshit, it doesn't get down there. This thing was full of water, and it's your fault. <laughs> and I was like, are you the fucking Lorax talking for the lawnmowers right now? It's a machine. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, also, like, I already tried to tell you that it's not my lawnmower, yeah, like, so I don't... Had, we've had this yeah. lawnmower for less than a year because we moved in here. It was the previous yeah. tenants, and it's owned by the landlord. Like, they're the ones who did whatever is making it fuck up. And she refused. She's like, uh, you you young people are always passing the buck, trying to tell, trying to blame it on people who are higher station than you. That's where I would say this sounds a lot like projection. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not trying to shift blame. I'm telling you the truth. And she's like, well, you younger generation couldn't tell the truth with a gun pointed to their head. Wow, man. She's like, yep. She's like, I want you to swear to me right now that you're gonna get a tarp and put over this, or we. Why will do never, you care? We will never fix another lawnmower for you. <laughs> And I just kind of like... I guess you're not fixing any more lawnmowers for me. I kind of like <laughs> tilted my head with my mouth just kind of open like... Bah. And like, the guy was like, you don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. This dude's living a miserable life, He's like, you, He was like, you don't have to do that. And she was like, ugh. And like turned around and went back inside. And then she came out and criticized the way I was carrying the lawnmower back to the car. She's like, you should have brought somebody else to help. And I'm like... It weighs nothing. It's a lawnmower. It's made out of. Dude. It's a metal lawnmower. It's kind of heavy, but it's not like I'm fucking <laughs> e-manning. Craziest way we've ended the show in all. History. Yeah, we're shooting the shitting right now for sure. Dude, I can't. Dude, I don't even know if I would have been able to hold it together. Like, I am I so fucking tired. I didn't want to like blow up on this man's wife, who was so nice to me. He was so yeah, fucking nice I know. and friendly. I know. Dude, there there is something going on lately where like I I there's so many old people I can't I can't handle it anymore, man. Like I I I can't deal with it. Put them in the ground, dude. I, I go downstairs and I have my coffee and shit, and then there's just old people, just boomers, just talking shit, and it's like this is all fake. All of this stuff is not real. This is not reality. I, I do not believe how much a human being 
could be angry about the mistreatment of a lawnmower. Dude, it's the lead, man. I'm telling you, it's the fucking lead in their like, brain. It's not my lawnmower. I didn't mistreat it. Like, <laughs> you don't even, I'd have been like, I don't even know where this lawnmower comes yeah, from, man. I don't know anything about this lawnmower. Yeah. I wasn't was there the day it was bought. Up. Yeah. I'm just the guy who got it fixed. And the so best thing about it is like, you're welcome. I took it back home and it like, it still has a lot of the same problems. <laughs> yeah. He it's was like, I did my best. It's kind of an older lawnmower. Yeah. I was like, oh, fine. That's fine. And, like, I I couldn't... She was like, you're probably going to go home and leave us a bad review on Yelp, aren't you? <laughs> what, the, what the fuck are you yelling at me for, man? I was man? like, if you were the... Like, I, I, I kept my cool the whole time. But I was very honest. I said, if you were the one I met when I first showed up here, you would be getting a bad Yelp review. You're yeah. being very angry with me right now, and I don't understand why. And before she said anything, her husband was like, well, have a good one. Thanks for coming by. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I got in my car and left, and hopefully I never have to go back there when she's there. I'd love to go back and talk to that guy. He was cool as hell. That's what I would have said. I've been like, your husband is the man, and I don't know what the fuck you are. I don't are. know what like, happened. To- did you fix the lawnmower? Like, is like, did she fix it? No, like, she doesn't. Then what the as, fuck? Who cares? He was talking about being the one fixing it, so I don't know. She like straight up was just angrily yelling at me, lecturing me, and I was like, man, it's a good thing I have experience oh. in customer service. They got to get their quota in, man. You know, they do. They gotta get their bullshit in. I don't know in. how we veered so hard into shooting the shit during the end of this podcast. <laughs> it's because we're so tired, man. I, like, like, I am extremely tired. We still have to do I email like, after this? I feel like I'm not even, like, here. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like, I feel like, like I'm recording just... It's the problem. <laughs> I'm just, like, telling fucking lawnmower stories. <laughs> why, do, why do all the frustrations of my life revolve oh, around lawnmowers? <laughs> We gotta make we gotta make a shirt for the show that's a lawnmower just mowing the lawn by itself Jesus. and you just inside the house. so much lawnmower problems. It's like a lawnmower like mowing a lawn by itself and like my head and arm are coming out of the front of it like it's e- like it's chopping it's me up. It. And you're just holding like the like the logo for our show or something. I'm triumphantly holding the logo yeah. up. Just holding it, like, just, just saving it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's enough. That's enough podcast. I'd like to do, as always, a special thank you to Vitizen for the use of his track Outer Space Race for our uh, theme song, What a Chad. Dude, so good looking. I love so that, talented. Man. You can find out any information you need and places where you can buy Vitizen's music at vitizen.card.co. And that's card with two R's. Uh, Vitizen's actually putting together a collection of music that he's made specifically for podcasts, radio shows, like all of the stuff that he's made for other people he's putting together into a collection and he's going to release it soon that's awesome so i'm excited for that the bros before pros theme is on there which i'm when does his uh the his band when does their album come out uh, i'm not entirely sure they're doing an album soon cuz the band is called sonder and it's like a local band yeah like, from he performs where I locally live. uh it's him his brother and a family friend who made a band together 
Um, so check them out if you're local in in Pennsylvania near um, Philly. Philadelphia. <laughs> Although I think he lives closer to Pittsburgh. What? I'm not sure, but he he does no. like a, a lot of shows around Philly and stuff as well, as far as I know. So check check out Saunder there. Check out Dream Pass. That's a, a another group he does with a very like. It's well named. It's a very dreamy, ambient kind yeah. of music, but it also has like hip hop influences in it as well. It's like really fucking cool. That's cool. Uh, I es- especially uh, Stellar Zone is my fucking favorite song by Dream Pass. Check it out. Nice. Anyway. Thank you to everybody who contributes to keeping our podcast on the air via our Patreon at patreon.com slash mclasspodcast. And I would urge you to join up. For as little as a dollar a month, you get access to behind-the-scenes posts, wallpapers of every piece of art we've made for the show, and access to a Discord full of your fellow Trek boys. For a little bit... Trek boys! For a little bit more dough, you get access to whole other podcasts like Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit. If you enjoyed the weird tangent we went on for the past 20 minutes, that's the show, except uh, we pretend like there's a topic that we touch on every 5 to 10 minutes. We we touch and go. We, we, We do the topic, and then we start talking about lawnmowers. I think that's the... The the whole process of the whole show. It's all touch and go. M-Class. Pretty much. <laughs> this one was, for sure. But I love it. This is the be- These are the best episodes, I have the honestly. most fun making them. I don't know how people, people feel. I loved hearing them. about your angry boomer uh, lawnmower lady. I just don't <laughs> understand people. Anyway. I don't either. Uh, you can be a part of our other program, M-Class Email, by shooting us an email with a topic about the show or pretty much whatever you want. We'll pick and choose. At mclassemail at gmail.com. <laughs> and uh, you can find any information you need about the show, including merchandise that you can buy to support the show and a list of every episode that we've covered on the show and links. And what our current collection is, what the next episode we're recording and when, and what the current episode is at mclasspodcast.com. Uh, two Vix is next, so... Yeah, we doing two Vix. What else can they do to support the show, Josh? Oh, you can go on iTunes or wherever you're allowed to rate and review the show, and it really helps if you leave us any review. You can write whatever you want. I'm not telling you what to do, but iTunes, uh, it helps if we uh, get reviewed. I don't know if we have We do have a new one. Oh, shit, Uh, yeah. From Dog Lips Kojo Yan. Okay. And it's entitled 10 out of 10 Catfish. Damn! The best Trek podcast, even for those that have never watched before. Five stars! Nice, thank you. Hell yeah, baby! 10 out of 10 Catfish. We got 5 out of (laughs) 5 stars, 10 out of 10 Catfish. That's a good amount of Catfish. Just ask Trip Tucker. (laughs) <laughs> Yeehaw, I love these catfish. Wow. I'm from Florida. This is how we do things in Florida. Don't look it up. Tell them, tell them dang Zindy terrorists. Oh, my God. That's enough of this. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll be back in one week with more M-Class goodness. Bye-bye. Bye.
I'm mentally ill. Trick with your ball.